0: My mum goes upstairs to get a towel, because we didn't even have a towel downstairs. (laughs) Um, And at that point, my husband and daughter have got up, and he has just turned on the shower. (laughs) Um, My mum is in her like midwife mode, and so she says to him, Robbie, do not get in that shower. (laughs) Go and put some shorts on and come downstairs, otherwise you're going to miss it. Welcome to the Happy Homebirth Podcast your
1: source for positive natural childbirth stories, and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When you have a perfectly lovely hospital birth, why on earth would you change things up with your next? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 97 of the Happy Home birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I am so excited to share Imogen's story with you today. As she and her husband did just that. They had a great hospital birth, but then decided something was missing. Now, of course, we know that many mothers seek out a better way after having a traumatic and emotional birthing experience in the hospital, but of course, that's not always how it happens. And I can't wait for you to hear about the generational baby catch that happened within Imogen's birth. So let's go ahead and jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals. So please continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Here. Imogen, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Would you mind
0: introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. Uh, I'm Imogen. I live in England in the UK. I am married to Robbie, we've been married uh, five years now, and we have a little girl called Neve, who is nearly three, and then a seven-week-old home birth baby. Oh, and he is Uh, right with you. He is, yeah, his name is Caleb Judah, and yes, seven weeks today, actually. Oh, well,
1: this is a great way to celebrate and what a beautiful name. Okay, so I would love to hear your background Um, and, and I really enjoy, you know, having these conversations with people in different countries and kind of hearing how midwifery care and just maternity care differs from place to place. So where you are, what was it like with your first birth once you became pregnant what was your plan and how did that unfold?
0: Sure. So an important bit of context um, probably is that my mum is a midwife. Um, she, in fact, is a triplet and uh, her other two sisters as part of the triplet, they're all nurses working for the NHS. <laughs> so we have wow. like a national health service here. And my mum has been a midwife, uh, I think, nearly 30 years. She was a nurse first for a few years then a midwife. And so I kind of grew up with at least some narrative um, of birth. You know, she'd come home, tell us a bit about her day. Um, and there's a funny story about when I was a child at preschool Um, and my best friend at preschool was also the child of a midwife and we were talking about where babies (laughs) came from and we were correcting our friends (laughs) who were saying like oh the baby comes out of the tummy we were like no we know so yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure having a mum as a midwife affected me. Um, but when I got pregnant, so that was in 2017, um, Robbie and I had been married about a year and a half. Um, although I kind of knew some stuff about birth, I'd always heard these stories. I definitely wouldn't say I was educated about birth, and I planned to go into it kind of blind. I thought, um, I know a little bit. I, I don't really want to find out anymore. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, i will just go blind. Um, and I planned, yeah, I planned a hospital birth, kind of a standard. I think I didn't even really know anyone at that point. Um, I didn't know anyone in the UK or in the States at that time who'd had a home birth. So I was like, oh, this is, this is what you do. Um, you go to hospital, you have your baby. Um, I did know I wanted to keep it quite on the natural side. Um, and I think I'm like that generally, I'm not super big into like taking medications, that kind of thing. Um, and I was really healthy. It was a straightforward pregnancy um, and so I thought yeah I would love to have uh, a natural normal hospital birth. That's wonderful and as you began to approach that time what was that like? Um, I didn't have the best prenatal care, to be honest. Um, We actually live on the border, or we lived at the time in our old house, um, in between two different hospitals. And my midwife, who I met with during my pregnancy, was associated with one of those hospitals. But I wanted to give birth at the other hospital um, Mm. because that was the one my mum worked at. And I just felt much more comfortable. Um, and so, so the midwife I was seeing was, I think she was a bit unhappy with that idea, um, even though she'd offered me the choice. Um, and yeah, generally, I didn't really enjoy um, my prenatal care. But obviously, mm-hmm. I anything I was concerned about, I could just talk to my mum about. Um, and like I say, I was you know, really healthy. Everything was straightforward. Um, the only thing I really did my own research into, um, in quite a big way was about delayed cord clamping
1: mm.
0: and a physiological third stage. Um, Oh, wow. That's, that's great that you, I d- yeah, I don't know research that big thing, but that was like the big thing I researched into. um, And my mum, you know, being mainly a a midwife working with high-risk women, she was quite apprehensive. Um, about me wanting a physiological third stage <laughs> so we had kind of like I'm pouring over all the research papers saying like oh you know this is what I want these are the reasons um, and yeah and we got to the point where she said look as long as your bleeding's under control you know yes I'm you know I'm fully supportive of that Um so yes yeah, so I and went into the, it. Those, for those who don't are listening
1: and are like, okay, what does that mean? That's when the placenta is allowed to come on its own. You know, there's not, we're not using Pitocin to to cause it to come out or a lot of cord traction, not pulling on it, just letting it happen on its own time.
0: Yeah. And I had a friend who, um, I must've said this when I was pregnant and she's like, Oh, but it's really easy. You know, the baby comes out, they give you an injection, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but if it's, if it's going to happen, like naturally like it's meant to why you know why why mess with that if you don't need to right. um mm-hmm. so yeah anything unnecessary I was like hmm <laughs> I'm not sure I want <laughs> this just for fun <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for um, the kicks yeah so we're really fortunate our hospital has a midwifery led unit attached to it so it's still in the building um but it's basically a birth center um, where they are really kind of supportive of a more um, of like a natural pathway. So they've got um, birth pools in the room, they have mats on the floor, dark lighting and um, all that kind of lovely stuff. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that when I went into labor, that would be available and I could go.
1: Gotcha. Now, Really quickly. So at, at the hospital, is there is everything midwifery led unless it's specifically like high risk and then that's when you would be with an OB?
0: Yeah. So when you're pregnant, you're categorized as either low risk or high risk. And um, if you're low risk, you just see a midwife in your pregnancy and you'll probably just see a midwife at your birth. Um, although they will be different sets of midwife. So midwives either work in the community or hospital. Um, And if you're high risk, you'd have some um, appointments with a consultant, um, some with a midwife. And yeah, then like you might have a a consultant doctor um, involved in your birth. Gotcha. Okay. And then also, so with this birth center, would
1: it be a situation where all of the midwives were working on that unit or were there, is it like a birth center where you can choose to go there or you can choose to go to a more um, conventional Maternity ward with midwives as well, or is it kind of? Yeah, uh,
0: it's no, it's quite mixed and matched, um, and it's quite common. I suppose you could start off at the birth center, and then you know, if there's a problem or if you want pain relief, they, I guess, I guess they might wheel you to the elevator, take you upstairs, gotcha, um, to the ward. So yeah, they're really closely linked. Um, but I that think, well, although the midwives mix and match. I think the ones that are quite experienced working in the birth centre, um, it's called the Rushy Birth Centre, um, they just are more naturally minded. And, right. and so I felt really comfortable that if I was there, um, and you can see the statistics on the hospital website actually, if you go to the midwifery-led unit, you are much more likely to have an intervention-free birth Wow. So I felt quite confident, you know, if I'm there, I'm giving myself the best chance to avoid intervention um, and all of that. Exactly. That, yes, that makes so
1: much sense. So, okay, so that's the plan. We're going to go to the birth center once you go into labor. Oh, question, what what did your husband think about all this? Was he excited for the birth center? Did he feel good about delayed cord clamping and physiological third stage? <laughs>
0: Um, he probably wasn't that involved in my birth mm-hmm. prep. Um, I mean, I remember him saying to me, oh, I'm so glad, like, you've done the research into what you want to, but he was very much like, oh, you know, you you decide, I'll go along with it. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Not, su- not super involved at that point. Right.
1: Okay. So... what so you're leading up to labor. We are planning to go to the birth center. What was, what, how did you
0: go into labor? How did it all start off? So, um, Neve was actually born nine days after my due date or my guest date, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> um, I'd had two stretch and sweeps that week, um, offered by my community midwife. Um, and she actually came to my home to, to do the second one. um, And they, to be fair, they weren't actually a negative experience for me. Um, I know some people find them really uncomfortable. But because I was already a little bit dilated, they were fine. Um, So I was two centimetres at the second one. And the midwife said she had a real feeling that I was going to have a very quick birth. No idea why she said this, (laughs) but she did. (laughs) So she said, right... If your waters break, stop whatever you're doing, go straight to hospital. If you don't think you'll make it, dial for an ambulance, Um, all of this. So I kind of had that in my head. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why she was convinced I'd have quite a fast labour, but it was probably helpful that, that she said that. Um, so it was the day after my second sweep, and we had a lovely family dinner together with my parents. Yes. We had lasagna, so I think that set me up quite well. <laughs> <laughs> with all the carbs. Um, carbs. <laughs> what is that called? Carb loading. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I went into the nursery that evening, um, and I was just bouncing on my ball like I had been doing for the last <laughs> the last like three weeks. And um, Watching a movie, um, and I was actually for the first time had got out my breast pump and was kind of like checking that out, trying it out um, and then my waters broke quite um, oh, wow, quite it was like the dramatic splash kind of thing <laughs> um, and yeah i hadn't i mean obviously i 'd been like waiting and waiting for it to happen. <gasps> But I think I was shocked when it actually did. Um, I can imagine. I I had been having for like the few days before um, quite mild, inconsistent contractions. Um, And I, you know, gone on a lot of walks. I'd eaten all of the pineapples, all of the spicy food, you know, pressure points had tried kind of everything up to that point um and nothing had made the contractions consistent or strong or anything um but yeah when my waters broke it just changed everything and um, mm. I was then like really feeling these contractions pretty consistent and I was like okay this this must be it <laughs>
1: Okay. And so what so what was the plan? Since your midwife had said, okay, once your water breaks, you should just go straight to the hospital. Is that what you guys did or did you? Yes.
0: Uh no, we pretty much kinda of got our act together. Uh so it was nine thirty when my waters broke. And so I think I had a shower, I did my hair, got dressed, and. Um, and my mum, she, she just lived over the road from us at the time, and the plan was for her to come to the hospital with us. Um, she'd gone to bed actually, like straight after dinner, gone to bed early, because she was scheduled to actually be working on delivery suite the next morning on an early shift. And she said, I think either you're going to be waking me up in the night to have this baby, or I'm going to be getting up for an early shift. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. so we had to get her out of bed. And, yeah, we got to the hospital at 10.30, so just an hour after my waters had broken. <laughs> gotcha. Okay,
1: so you get to the hospital, and what was it like once you arrived?
0: Uh, it was actually... cool. <laughs> Quite nice in a way. Um, I hadn't enjoyed the car ride. (laughs) Um, Serious like car tractions. Yeah. Um, I remember saying like, slow down. The person who's (laughs) in labor should decide how fast we go. (laughs) Um, I had a TENS machine on my back, um, which I think did help. And I had the boost button to press when I had contractions. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but when we arrived at the hospital, because it was nighttime, it was completely empty, which was so nice. It was empty and quiet. When we got to the birth center, um, we were the only people there, oh, the patients, which was lovely. Um, and the midwives who were there were kind of excited when they saw my mom. <laughs> oh. um, and so that was nice. So uh, yeah, they took me into an examination room. And um, I had a vaginal examination And I was about four centimetres And they also did an ultrasound at that point And they didn't tell me uh, Or they they kind of showed me on the screen Um, But they were like, oh, we can see baby's face And I remember thinking at the time Oh, that's strange (laughs) I don't know why, Uh... that doesn't sound quite right (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Neve was back to back, um, in that position. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was one factor. Yeah. hysteria. Um, so they admitted me to the birth unit, but because I wasn't very good at timing my contractions, um, I had an app, but I was a bit hopeless about like pressing it at the right time. (laughs) Um, they said, right, we won't write down that you're an established labor. Um, so we're going to put you in this early labour room and we'll just see how you do. Um, I was thinking in my head, like, "Mm, I'm pretty sure I am in established (laughs) labour. But I think they were kind of doing me a favour because had they said I was in established labour, I would have kind of been on the clock from that point because I think if I hadn't then progressed, they would have said, oh, you need to go to the delivery suite, um, which obviously I didn't want. So yeah, mm. they're probably doing me a favor. Yeah. That's, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so kind of like in the moment, it's like, excuse
1: yeah, me, I'm exactly, pretty sure yeah. this is established. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was t-
0: Yeah, totally that. So, um, the early labor room they put me in was, yeah, just what I wanted really dark. I think there were a few fairy lights, but that was it. Um, it had an ensuite, and I basically spent the whole time in there on my hands and knees on the floor, just kind of rocking back and forth. That was the position that really worked for me. And um, yeah, still using the tens machine, and yeah, just rocking on my hands and knees. And um, I guess some time passed, maybe an hour. Yeah, I think only an hour passed. And things are clearly, like, ramping up, getting much stronger. I was feeling more pressure. And, and I remember my mum saying, mm, do you feel, you know, do you feel like you're pushing? And I was like, no, no. Um, but did at least <laughs> feel a lot of pressure. And although the midwife had checked on me a few times, they were trying to just leave me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, my mum... Handed me the gas and air and was like, Right, you have this, um, which wasn't on my birth plan. My mm-hmm. birth plan said, Do not offer me pain relief, really. I'll ask if <laughs> I want it. Um, and yeah, I didn't really want it, but my mum was just in her kind of like midwife mum zone. um mm-hmm. So, yes, so it got a little bit pushed on me, but you know, I'll, I'll forgive her on that. <laughs> and yeah, so she went off to get the midwife because she was like, mm, I think stuff is really happening here. So they did come and examine me at that point. And I was nine and a bit centimetres. So they were like, right, we don't do deliveries in this room. This is just an early labour room. We're going to move you into a bathroom room um, I know that's so what I, you want that's what you want at nine and a bit is uh, so I think I don't know maybe that was why my mum had given me the gas and air because I then had to get kind of half walking half pushed up the corridor <laughs> into a proper bathroom room and this was a room with a pool so when I'd like on the lead up to the birth I certainly hadn't planned to have a water birth like baths aren't really my thing. It didn't appeal to me. But when we arrived at the unit and they said, Oh, we have pools. Do you want a water bath? I was like, yes, I really do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely an advocate for just go with your gut in labor. You know, you might not have imagined that you wanted it, whatever that is, but go with your gut. Um, and it was amazing I had to wait while they filled the pool but when I got in it was so nice I was like oh this is definitely yeah this is definitely where I want to (laughs) be. So
1: okay yeah you get you get to your room and you get in the tub that's
0: great that you had enough time with yeah how (laughs) how far along you were. So we yeah yeah made it into the tub and then I think I started pushing quite soon after and the pushing phase was long. Um, I pushed for over an hour and it was, yeah, pretty hard work. Uh, I think a lot of that is she did have to turn from that OP position. Um, and yeah, that was hard work, but you know, she did it. (laughs) Um, the midwife was really helpful telling me um like guiding me with my breathing because I knew that was something that I struggled with mm-hmm. um so that was helpful but yeah uh lots of pushes to get her head out um and yeah just the but being able to feel all of that was was just amazing really right um, and definitely nice it was in the water I think that really helped mm.
1: um, yeah I I love, I love the water. Like it just, as soon as you step in, there's just lightness about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I loved that. Um, So the head was out, that was all good. Um, And then the body did take a bit of time um, Mm. afterwards. And because I knew kind of just enough of the lingo to be worried, but not enough really to know what to do. Right. i just had this i had this like flash in my head i was like oh, are we gonna have shoulder dystocia in the pool like i'm pretty sure that's not a good thing to happen um, <laughs> so i had just enough time to worry about that um but yeah the midwife my mum were just encouraging me to push and then in the end the midwife said right um you've got one more push to get this baby out or you'll have to get out the pool." Mm-hmm. And on that push, I kind of, yeah, working really hard, and uh, the midwife kind of uh, leant into the pool and eased the baby out. So, mm-hmm. so we did it <laughs> baby out. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> <laughs> um, at that point, the cord snapped actually. Um, oh wow, which, yeah, which apparently is really uncommon, mm-hmm. um, slightly more common in water births, I think. Um, but yeah, but that was handled really well, you know, no drama. They literally just grabbed, you know, the two ends of the cord, I guess, and, um, and clamped them. Right. So we were fine. Um, but of course there goes like my plan. them? Yeah, Yeah. And I think sometimes, yeah, you just have to say, look, that's, you know, that's what happened. Right. I, I mean, plan. what could you do? They're, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah delivered the baby up onto me um and the second midwife came in and did i think a jaw thrust just to um like assist her with her first breaths mm. um Just because I think sometimes if they're born in the water, they are a bit slower to breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was fine. She was fine. But that was, yeah, reassuring to have the midwives there. Mm. And yeah, my first thought actually when I saw her in my arms was she looked just like me as a baby. Uh, Really? Um, Which, yeah, which kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh, it's like (laughs) looking at myself as a baby. (laughs) Um, That's so interesting but um but yeah it was just yeah wonderful really and i got Um, out of the pool and uh and then we waited for the placenta Nice. Had, had some skin on skin. And then um, in the end, I stood up and went into the bathroom and like delivered the placenta sitting on the toilet, I think was oh. mm-hmm. a position they recommended, like a bit of gravity and yeah, good position, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a great,
1: that's what I ended up doing to with yeah, my second when to yeah. physiological.
0: Yeah, I actually did end up doing the same position with a yeah. second. <laughs> I was That's like very opening. This yeah, <laughs> this works for me. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, just like wonderful really. It was exactly the experience I wanted, even though I didn't know what I wanted in that much detail. <laughs> Um, right. but just I felt amazing I did have a, a tiny tear like an interior tear I think mm-hmm. they called it so I did have to have a few stitches um, oh. and I, I remember saying to them are the stitches going to be worse <laughs> than the birth <laughs> and they were like no no definitely not um but I think for me it kind of was to be honest oh no <laughs> I am um, because the, the birth really wasn't that painful um it was really hard work but not necessarily painful. Um yeah, and I had some gas and air for the stitches, but oh yeah. Still. I didn't love I didn't love that experience.
1: No, I have I've heard the same thing from a number of people, but and and not to say that the stitches are just you know, if that if you have to have that, it'll be okay.
0: So,
1: it's just yeah it's just a, yeah, I mean it just it kind of goes to show you how Overly fear central, like, or fear centric, we are about birth and about this pain that we're going to experience. But then when you speak to people who have actually had physiological childbirth, a lot of the time they're like, it wasn't even necessarily pain, you know? Yeah. So it really brings it back to this idea of like, okay, we really need to watch what we're thinking about birth because I think that really colors how we experience it
0: yes definitely
1: yeah so okay so what was the postpartum like with with your first uh
0: yeah I guess I didn't really know what to expect but I felt great immediately afterwards um and in fact although usually you'd then go to the ward my husband said oh you know seeing as they're both fine can we just go home oh <laughs> um, wow and i'd already uh fed her i think by then at least once and so they were like uh yeah if you want to go home <laughs> go home <laughs> So, that's awesome, yeah, so she was born, way to go, Robbie, I know yeah, I'm so he if he hadn't said that, I would have just gone along with whatever they wanted, right. But yeah, so she was born two a m and we were tucked up in our own bed by seven a m
1: wow, that's great. which was
0: yeah, it was amazing, um yeah, I think we had like the classic, slightly bumpy road with breastfeeding, um mm-hmm. I had one side that was just more painful. Um, But we went to the clinic uh, at the hospital, um, which, yeah, they were amazing there. And they just suggested a different position on one side, and that just fixed everything. So after that initial, like, week and a half, a bit tricky, it was, yeah, just wonderful. I think I probably overdid it a bit in the Mm -hmm. early days, um, because I am, like, quite busy, quite social... Mm -hmm. so I I told myself like right second baby I'm gonna really like slow down for postpartum just chill out more um I'm excited to hear how that happened and
1: (laughs) if that came true we will see so okay so that was in 2017 and then what tell me about this this most recent pregnancy
0: yeah, so I found out that I was pregnant in December of 2019. Um, very, yeah, very exciting. Our daughter had just turned two. Um, and immediately I had in my head at least a strong yeah. curiosity, let's say, about having a home birth. Mm. Um, I feel like people who go for a home birth with their second baby, it's either usually I've found um, that they hadn't liked the hospital experience mm. and wanted to go a different route, or uh, like me, you had a great time having a you know having your hospital birth, and the only way for it to be better would for it to be in your own home. Um, right. And so I'm that's kind of right what I was that. thinking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it was very like early into my pregnancy, but I went looking for a home birth podcast. Um, I love listening to podcasts. You can do it while you're tidying up, while you're on the commute to work, and I came across your podcast, Caitlin. And oh, it's just, yeah, it's just been amazing, really. Because I didn't know anyone who had done a home birth, um, just hearing all the different women's stories who come on your show were just so encouraging to me, so helpful. And so actually by the time it came round to my first appointment, uh, which in the UK they do that at 10 weeks, I think around then. um, Yeah, I turned up to that appointment and I said... I would like a home birth. Can you switch me over
1: to the home birth team? Mm, and now so yes, question. thank you for that. Oh, well, I'm so happy <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> it makes my entire life. So what my question is, how did you, between, the, between your first birth and your second, because you had said you didn't know anybody that had had a home birth, how did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? You just knew it was an option and thought, well, I should just do this?
0: yeah I knew it was an option um I think with my first birth my mum had kind of joked about it at one point because she knew I wanted Mm. a natural birth or as natural as as possible normal um and she said oh you don't want a home birth do you and I'd kind of laughed Mm. off and be like no no in my head thought "Hmm, that's an interesting idea (laughs) no no maybe yes (laughs) Um, and then I just think because things have gone so well I thought Mm -hmm. yeah I could have done that at home (laughs) right
1: but that definitely makes sense. Yeah, you could have done yeah. that at home and skipped those yeah. five hours
0: in the hospital and just gotten tucked straight into your bed. Straight into bed, exactly, exactly. Um, and my husband actually was so supportive when I said to him, slightly tentatively, oh, I'm, you know, I'm thinking I might want home birth. He just loved the idea. Um, I, although things had gone really well with niece birth, afterwards he said he had found the experience kind of traumatic in a way and I think a lot of that was just he was out of his comfort zone you know we were in a hospital and what do you associate a hospital with you know it is kind of associated with the more negative like illness sickness right whereas the idea that he could be on his own turf you know in our in our home really appealed to him and i think having been through a positive birth experience and knowing my mum's experience as a midwife he was like yeah we could definitely birth our baby at home That's amazing. And I'm sure that just kind of
1: having that sense of, oh, I am supported in this just made it
0: all the easier to decide that that's what you wanted to do. Definitely. And through the whole, um, the whole pregnancy, he was so supportive of me in that way. And kind of, if I've researched something and I said I was for it, um, he was really supportive.
1: That's fantastic.
0: So you turn up
1: to the clinic or you turn up to your first appointment and you decide you're having a home birth. So what happened with your prenatal care? What was that like switching over?
0: Yeah. So the midwife who like did the switch for me was lovely. She was like, you're going to love the home birth team. Um, And yeah, I got switched to them. I think it was just before COVID hit that I had my first appointment with them. So the midwife came to my home, which was lovely. Um, Yeah, she was just so nice. It was a great experience having them come to my house for appointments. Mm. Um, And yeah, I was really happy that, um, that I was having a different experience. I think if I'd had to go back to the same place where I'd had my last prenatal care, I would have maybe felt a bit more negative. Right. So, yeah, so that was a yeah good experience with them. Oh, that's wonderful. And, okay,
1: so as we gear up for birth, was there anything, you know, of note that was different during this pregnancy? How, how did the pregnancy go?
0: Uh, yeah, pregnancy, but, yeah, again, like healthy, smooth pregnancy. I think the, the pandemic was a bit of a cloud over the whole yes. thing, <laughs> which I think, you know, everyone was going through that. Um, so you know I wasn't like I wasn't uh, with my friends showing off my bump. Mm -hmm. I was working from home full-time with a toddler whose nursery was closed (laughs) yeah uh, my husband's a key worker so he was still at work and I was yeah home alone with a toddler and for the first few months the restrictions in our country meant that no one could help with childcare, like you couldn't have your grandparents help with the kids oh. or anything. Gosh. So yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty rough. So yeah, I think that's why physically like I ached more, I was a bit more uncomfortable the whole pregnancy. And I think a lot of that was probably stress. And right. because it yeah, it did ease towards the end like once um Once we could go out and meet people, um, once things calmed down a little bit, and yeah, once (laughs) you could have help with childcare, things were easier. (laughs) (laughs) That was a little better. (laughs) Yeah, that was rough times. That was real rough. (laughs) Yeah, but it did probably, it probably made um, perception of home birth more positive. So when I would speak to people and say that I was planning a home birth, you know, even though I planned this pre-pandemic, people could really understand the perspective of, oh, unless you're ill, why would you go to a hospital? Right. And I think that's a real thing, you know, like with pregnancy and birth. For some people, they, there might be health complications, you know, they might be ill or there might be bigger risk factors. But if you're a healthy person, it almost doesn't make sense that you'd go that you'd go to a hospital. I tend to
1: agree with that statement. I think you're right. I think that as more people are open opening up to the idea, I think that it's going to be more of a mainstream idea. And I do yeah. agree. I think the pandemic has probably
0: played a, a
1: hand in that.
0: Yeah, the home birth rate in our area um, really jumped up. Actually, did it? Yeah, the midwives were much busier. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's great. I know it's like for them it's like poof this is a lot of work but that is, that's that's <laughs> fantastic to see. So okay, so we've got the pandemic going on um but then as you're entering into labor what was this second birth like?
0: So um another part of my prep that's probably quite important um and also I think encouraged by things I'd heard on this podcast I decided to find local people who'd also had home births or were planning home births, oh. um, which was amazing. So I'd really, yeah, really encourage people to do that. Because of the pandemic, we were just meeting on Zoom, but I found this amazing community of women and we just shared stories, asked questions. And so they helped a lot with my prep, both mentally and kind of physically getting things together. So I borrowed a pool. I got all of the, you know, all of the towels, shower curtains, candles, oil diffuser. Um, I had all of that, and in my head, I was thinking, right, it'll probably be similar to last time. I'll probably go into labour in the evening, and then I'll have a nighttime birth in the water. That was what was in my head. I was going to have this really like serene, relaxing, um, water birth at night. And the plan for our toddler was that we just see how things go. Um, like if she'd been asleep, that would have been fine. If she'd wanted to be there, that would be fine. So I was quite open-minded with that. Mm -hmm. Um... And yeah, it was three days past my due date. Oh, so that not nine? <laughs> Caleb was what? <like>, no, <laughs> which which I was very glad about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet it was like, wow, this was yeah. so much shorter. <laughs> but
0: the First time round, I'd found being so far overdue really hard. Um, mm. Really hard. And although afterwards, I thought, oh, she was born at the perfect time. And I'm mm. I'm a big believer babies come when they're ready. Yes. Um but even though I believed that, even waiting three days was very hard. <laughs> I feel like from 37 weeks I was like, anytime, baby, <laughs> Any <time." laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd had a sweep the day before and they'd said I was two centimetres. And my midwife had said, Oh, I'm on shift tonight. So you know, you could go into labor, I could be delivering your baby tonight. And I thought, Meh, okay, probably not. I'm feeling nothing. <laughs> um, but that afternoon, I did have some mild contractions. Um, I went for a walk, I put clary sage oil in the diffuser, and um, tidied up the house. And I thought, okay, is something going to happen? And um, so I had like inconsistent really mild contractions that just went away. So I went to bed um, at 4am my daughter woke up and came and got into our bed. Um, she'd been doing that quite a lot in like the last week of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she knew or right. um, she could sense it. Yeah. But I was so, I was so massively pregnant. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not squeezing in this bed. So I got out of bed and got into her bed so I know nothing was going on at 4am but at 20 past six um I woke up with uh, a pain I was like oh what is that I rolled over to the other side had another one rolled over to the other side had another one um and it was after the third I was like hmm okay are these contractions <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute um so I got up and I started timing them And yeah, they were definitely contractions, pretty strong, and three minutes apart. So I was like, oh, okay, I (laughs) I better get my act together. So during the small gap in between each one, I was like, right, put my contact lenses in on the next gap, like put some makeup on on the next gap text my friend to cancel the plans that I've made with her to see her in the morning. Uh, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And then when it got, um, to 10 to seven, so half an hour after I'd woken up, they were really intense contractions. And I was like, Oh, I I don't think I can do this on my own. So I woke up my husband and I was like, right, I'm going to call my mum." So I did that. Um, and he said, oh, you know, shall I get up? Shall I call my mum, you know, to take leave? And I was like, no, no, like, let's just see how things go. Go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> because I was thinking if my husband stayed asleep, then my daughter would stay asleep. Yeah. And I thought that will, that will just be easier. <laughs> that will be easier mm-hmm. for now. Um, so, yeah, I went downstairs and put the TENS machine on again. But already by that point, during the contraction, I was having to, like, lean over the kitchen side, lean over the side of the bath, wherever I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time my mum arrived at ten past seven, she was like, oh, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I think in that moment, I, although the contractions were regular, and three minutes apart, because I'd only just woken up, I was, I was sure that this couldn't be serious labour.
1: Um,
0: I don't really know why I thought that, like, I do know second births can happen really quickly from nothing to serious labour. Um, but for whatever reason i thought i had hours and hours left to go Mm. and i was thinking oh am i am i gonna be able to do this um but my mom was yeah just really encouraging like giving me words of encouragement on every contraction um and we moved into the lounge which thankfully was very tidy -hmm. I'd like cleaned it, done the floors the night before. There were no toys strewn over it. (laughs) Very Um, nice. (laughs) So, yeah, so really that was the perfect day to go into Mm labour. And I got on my hands and knees on the floor and I was just looking into the fan that we had on the side um, with every contraction. Um, A heat wave had actually just ended, um, thankfully, ended before I was in Mm labour. Um, but the fan was still really helpful and then it got to about eight o'clock in the morning um, and I said to my mum oh when do you think we should start getting the room ready like I prepared all of this stuff that was upstairs you know towels and whatever and when should we get the room ready and when should we call the midwife? And my mum was like, oh, I've been waiting for you to say that you're happy for me to do that. (laughs) So I've been waiting for her. She'd been waiting for me. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we should have called the midwife a bit earlier. Um, That was, yeah, that was our bad. Um, But then no sooner had I said that than the next contraction came and my waters broke. (laughs) Um, And that was another thing. I think if my waters had broken earlier and it had been more like my first labor, I would have taken it more seriously, called the midwife. Um, right. But I didn't, so yeah. So at that point, 8.03, my mom calls the midwife, who's only about 10 minutes away. Um. So she heads over. My mum goes upstairs to get a towel, because we didn't even have a towel downstairs. <laughs> um, and at that point, my husband and daughter have got up, and he has just turned on the shower. <laughs> and um, my mum is in her like midwife mode and so she says to him Robbie do not get in that shower <laughs> go and put some shorts on and come downstairs otherwise you're gonna miss it um, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so he was a bit um, taken aback by that because um, my mum <laughs> yeah, is not really like that <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, she was in her midwife mode So, yeah, Mm -hmm. by the time he comes downstairs, um, I'm already pushing, basically. Um, And, yeah, it was that um, fetal ejection reflex that I'd heard Mm -hmm. people talk about but hadn't experienced in my first birth. But that was absolutely what it was. Um, It was, yeah, incredible. My body just was pushing the baby out. (laughs) And there was nothing I could do about it. Um, yeah, I was just there on my hands and knees. Um, my husband and Neve went to leave the front door open for when the midwife arrived. Um, but the baby, yeah, the baby was coming, and so so my mum was was there delivering my baby. Um, she, so were, she "Were was, they actually were they actually out of the room when he was born, or did had they gotten back?" No, they got they had got back into the room. So okay uh, Neve was sitting on his lap. Um oh. and yeah, so no time for like the pool, no time for right. the, beautiful, <laughs> the beautiful things. Yeah, the beautiful <laughs> things I put together. Um my mum said actually given that she was then the one delivering the baby she was much more confident with a dry land birth um so that yeah that worked for her and actually again going with my gut that position of being on my hands and knees really was working for me so I was quite happy being there um so yeah so the baby just slowly coming out, and um, I asked my mum about this earlier to kind of check some facts because I uh, <laughs> obviously was not seeing this. Um, but she said she said she could tell he was quite a big baby, mm. um, and so she actually um, eased. Um, the perineum over his nose to get to get his head out, um, and then there was a little bit of turtling. I think she said where his head mm-hmm. his head was out went back in a bit, um, and so at that point um, she said to me, "Push harder." Um, I remember her saying that because I was really confused because I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm not even pushing. Like, what do you mean push harder?" Um, right. But at that point, I did do a push. Um and then he was born. Oh good. <laughs> so yes, so that was amazing. So I think she said Vertex was visible at 815 and then he was born at 821 a.m. Wow. Okay, so well how how big was Neve? She was eight pounds eight.
1: Eight eight. And then how big was Caleb?
0: He was eight eleven. Yeah. So yeah, so <laughs> not not much bigger. difference between them. <laughs> yeah. But um a little bit bigger. <laughs> okay, so
1: your midwife. Now yes. when did she
0: <laughs> go in the party. Um so as soon as he was born, I kind of turned around half, you know, on my hands and knees to look at him. And Robbie said, it's a boy, because we didn't know what we we're having. Cool. Um, and pretty much at that moment, we hear the midwife come in the front door. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And my mum just called to her, you know, the baby's here, everyone's well. Um, and my midwife was absolutely lovely I did Mm. think were we going to be like a little bit told off if you know what I mean (laughs) that that we hadn't that we hadn't called earlier um but she was just so positive when she arrived which Mm. was lovely and she just said oh what would you like to do so I really wanted to have the golden hour of skin to skin um and wait for the placenta so we moved to the sofa um and then he um he actually latched really early. I think there's a picture of him, so he's fifteen minutes old, and he's feeding at that point. Oh, so that oh. was just so special, just exactly what I wanted on the sofa with Robbie and Neve and the new baby. Um, that was amazing. And then, yeah, it was I think it was after fifty something minutes. And um, the placenta hadn't come yet. So we did move upstairs um, to the bathroom. And yeah, that's how the placenta came out, which I was yeah really happy about. They had started to say, um, the midwife and the second midwife who then come, oh, if it gets to an hour are You happy to have the injection? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of a bit sick of it by that point, so I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> if it gets to an hour, but um, no, on the next con- like just after that conversation, um, the placenta came out,
1: so it just needed uh, to be <laughs> told, <laughs> it, <needed laughs> it had to to a
0: time like, on threatened it, <laughs> a little bit, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just perfect. I felt like. I felt like, although it hadn't been the home birth I'd planned, Mm -hmm. I'd got everything that I wanted and Mm -hmm. it was such an empowering experience, just kind of doing it all in my own home, just, yeah, just kind of my body doing it, what it was meant to. And what a special bond for you and your mother and this baby to, you know, to to be able to share that. I know um, and Robbie who never takes pictures ever uh, <laughs> at the moment Caleb was born he did actually grab his phone Um, so there's a picture of him as soon as he's delivered you know on on the towel on the floor Um, and then there's a short video clip and you can hear my mum in the background you know this is like the instant after he was born. And my mum says, I have a diabetes so many births, but that was the most amazing experience of my life. Oh. (laughs) Um, I don't really remember her saying this, although I was there, but just, yeah, hearing her say that, she was so Mm. right. It was such an incredible experience to have. Um, And yeah, how many babies get delivered by their gran? (laughs) Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> Getting a little teary-eyed. <laughs> I know, I know. So um, so yeah, that was that was amazing. And then I think probably due to her 30 years of experience, um, I had no tears or grazes or anything. Um I felt great. Um and so yeah, the midwives just cleaned up, typed up their notes. Um <laughs> did what they needed to and then they could just leave Um, and we were there as a new family of four in our own home Um, and yeah I felt I think I felt this the day I had need as well I think on the days that I have my babies I think it's all the hormones and everything but I feel somewhere between like Wonder Woman and Kate Middleton. It's that kind of like, <laughs> wow, look what I've just done. This is so amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I just, I just love that. Um, and we had a wonderful day. We had a few family members come and see us. Um, it was, yeah, it was a Friday and we really wanted to be able to um, introduce our baby to our church obviously virtually, because we're not having services at the moment. Um, and so my brother came over and recorded, um, like, the welcome segment for our church service. Oh. Um, and so we have, like, the baby in that we do the segment, and we and then at the end we say, and <laughs> we'd like to introduce you to our baby. <laughs> oh. So, um, so, yeah, so that was a busy day, kind of. <laughs> yeah having all the family but um yeah just the most amazing day oh and
1: so how has your postpartum been this time did you stick to your plan
0: of kind of laying low oh not really (laughs) um not really so yeah I am yeah definitely no role model for postpartum (laughs) I think part of it is obviously having Neve. you know, she still wants mm-hmm. to go out every day. So, you know, we were at the play park on like day two with Caleb mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sling and he's been, yeah, he's been to the park most days of his life. He's been to the uh-huh. farm a few times. Um, But, but to be honest, I think because, because things had gone so well, um, I was able to kind of still be her her mum doing all those things with her um I didn't feel I needed to rein things in too much um and a big difference with her birth was I actually got quite a lot more sleep um after Caleb was born oh very nice yeah whereas with Neve I think a lot of it was like my own like my own anxiety, and because mm. I'd missed, I'd missed a night of sleep in labor with her, mm. whereas with Caleb, I'd had a full night's sleep. <laughs> right. So that was that was a good head start um, into postpartum. Oh, that is. That's yeah, so it's great. been good. It's been good. Um, I'm so
1: glad. <laughs> wow. Well, and it's so much fun to hear. You know, now that the podcast is. Over a year, let's see, almost two years. Two years in January. It's it's nice to hear stories from people who heard about it, you know, early on in their pregnancy, and we're yeah. and we're listening throughout. So it's I really appreciate you letting me know that it was beneficial to you, and I am so glad that you get to share your story now.
0: Yes, thank you. I just think it's so amazing you have this platform where women can share their positive experiences of birth because I think there is this really strong cultural narrative that's negative. Mm. Um, And you can almost be made to feel um, kind of embarrassed to share your positive story. Um, You know, people saying, oh, like, she was really lucky. Don't listen to her birth story because that's unrealistic. And you think, actually... Actually, this was this was my experience. My experience was really positive, and I think by sharing that positive experience, you can actually be really helpful to other women and say, you know, there can be complications, but aside from that, having. Um, A straightforward, non-painful, really positive, empowering birth experience is possible. Yeah. And yeah, and and that cultural narrative does need to be countered. You're right. And you bring up such a great point of, I have
1: felt sometimes that people kind of, yeah, they dismiss the positive births, they Absolutely. they say, oh well, that one doesn't count. You know, like oh, yeah. well, we're not, you know, no, let's not talk about that one. When how how heartbreaking for those of us who take this seriously, who have spent so much time educating ourselves and preparing and working so hard for mm-hmm. for the these results. And of course, sometimes you know we work so hard, and birth is wild, and we don't always get exactly what we are hoping for, but. It's, it's just so important for us to share that, yes, birth is normal. It's, it can be beautiful and it can be empowering. And, um, and I, I just thank you and all of the other mothers that come on and, and do share that so beautifully.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for doing this. You know, this it's, yeah, it's such important work that you do. It's had an impact on me. And I think there must be so many other families um, impacted by it too well and thank you for
1: impacting others it was such an honor to have you on the podcast imogen i i greatly appreciate it thanks for coming on
0: oh thank you so much caitlin
1: wasn't that such an amazing story although it wasn't the water birth imogen had imagined the empowerment and wonder of her mother being able to catch her grandson was just amazing So let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode roundup. I have two important points that I really wanna bring up. The first one is that you don't have to have a negative hospital experience to choose to do something differently the next time around. If you feel empowered to do so, go for the home birth. Second, community makes a difference. Imogen listened to Happy Homebirth. She was active inside of our Facebook community and she connected with other local home birth mothers. This was incredibly helpful for her as she prepared, especially with all of the pandemic lockdowns of her pregnancy. So I encourage you to listen to that advice. Take that, find local people to connect with. And if you want to go virtual, please come on in and join the happy home birth podcast community on Facebook. We've got a thousand plus moms in there, all kinds of care providers. It is just such a loving place. And I'd love to see you there. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you this week. Thanks so much for listening in and I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Podcast.